Hi everybody, it's Matt. Listen, I just wanted to give you a heads up before we get started today. We often connect with our guests through the internet and in the process we get crackles and a few noises here and there. So uh, we just please ask that you would excuse those and enjoy the topic of the day. Thanks. Okay, let's try this again. Okay. Okay. Deep breath. Deep breath. Joy of the Lord. Deep breath. Joy of the Lord. Shut up, man. Oh, uh, we need a director. Uh, Holy Spirit, that's your job. It's <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> gonna slap me here in a second, man. Gonna lay you out on the floor. Gonna slay you in the spirit. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> well, hello and welcome to Roinhardt's podcast. My name is Matt. Hi, I'm Nancy. And today we have the privilege of having Moy Soriano here with us. He is one of our personal mentors. He has a lot to bring us, a lot to teach us. And our topic today is discipleship. And this guy knows what he's talking about with discipleship. He has been teaching us stuff. And we are very excited about the future uh, in that area. So we'll be right back uh, right after BJ welcomes us in. Hello and welcome to the Roaring Hearts Podcast. Your hosts are Matt and Nancy Davenport, founders and leaders of Roaring Hearts Revival Ministries, where our focus is to develop and publish Christian literature that is meant to empower and facilitate your walk with Jesus. Ultimately, to bring strong discipleship and merciful hearts for a lost world, and to follow the mandate of the Great Commission. And now, Matt and Nancy. Okay, and we're back. Uh, thanks for joining us. Again, we have Moy Soriano here with us this morning, and, and Moy is going to give us uh, some basic information on some of the things that he does. He is a personal mentor to Nancy and I, and uh, this, is, this is really an exciting opportunity to have him here. Before we get too far, I just would like to open us with our, a little prayer time, which is not something we typically do. We usually do it before we record, but uh, some prayer time and uh, our scripture of the day. So, Father God, we just ask for your blessing over this time. It is a privilege uh, for us to be able to sit down with Moy and discuss things, especially on the topic of discipleship. And we just ask your blessings as we go forward this morning. Amen. Our scripture that we are focused on today is Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, in even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Good word. So, as you guys know, our main sponsor is Kevin Ferguson at the Willamette Valley Christian Supply and Gold and Hallmark Gold Crown store here in town. He was uh, doing one of his morning Facebook videos, and with him was Moy uh, Soriano talking to him about different things. And, and that's how Moy and I connected on Facebook, and then eventually he came to, um, to be a mentor for us. Uh, Moy is, is a leader 
I guess you could say, in a number of different areas. And one of them is house church development, which we are very excited about because I know God is leading us in that direction. So as we as we go forward in our what God is doing with us, Moy is 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 leading as well as running along beside us. So welcome, Moy. Thank you again. Like I said, it's a blessing to be here. I'm excited. Yes. All right. So Moy, can you give us a brief synopsis of your background and what has brought you to this moment? Yeah, I'll um I'll try and keep it short, but I think the journey I think is really important. And that is that um I was born and raised in a Christian home, but um soon fell away from the Lord. And in my lostness I just wanted to make life happen. I wanted to see life happen, so I just went for it. And in all that, I made all kinds of messes. And at one point, the Lord brought me back to himself. And and um, and as I'll, as I'll say in a minute, it was actually through somebody discipling me that I surrendered my life to Christ. And um, from there, um, God saved our marriage that was on the brink of, of total ruin and also called me to be in the ministry. So for a long time, I was I was in the ministry at a traditional church, and I loved being there, and I was serving the Lord, and I was going for it, and it was it was really hard for me to be in that environment for this reason. I I did not see people becoming followers of Jesus Christ. There was a lot of church tenders, but I didn't see people really following Christ. They were more following church, and um, to what to some degree or another. I, I struggled with that, and I thought, okay, so how can we move beyond this into a place where we see people become followers of Jesus Christ? And in a nutshell, that's what brought me to this place that I am now today, is I want to see people following Jesus. We could fill a church. We could fill mega churches. We could have awesome orators, or as we call them, preachers. But what we really need is followers of Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm here today. And that's what's moved me to where I'm at today. Uh, Moy, in what, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? I'm going to answer that outside of the context of Scripture first and, and what we see in Christendom. Okay. And then I'm going to answer it within Christianity. So a disciple in a very simple way is somebody who follows the disciplines of somebody else. If, if I, um, this is something that we've talked about as, as, as I've been sharing time with, with uh, Matt and Nancy, and that is, if I want to teach Matt and Nancy how to fish, uh, excuse me, how to fly fish, then I would say, hey, guys, let's go over to Eastern Oregon, probably the best fly fishing in the world. I'm biased. That's okay. <laughs> and and I would take you guys, each one of us would have a rod, and, we'd, and I'd teach you guys how to fish. And if you ran into somebody else, and if I happened to be a famous fly fisher, <laughs> people would say, like, wow, you fish just like Moy does. Like he used the ties, just the fly ties, just like he does the same rod style. You must be a disciple of Moy because you do everything just like Moy does it. So in a very simplistic way, it's following the disciplines of another person. Within Christianity, if I were to say, what is, is a disciple or what is discipleship? Those who learn to follow Jesus and imitate him. Discipleship is teaching people to follow Jesus and imitate him. Succinctly. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful, yeah. Why is discipleship so lacking in the church? I'm going to do my best to 
not offend anybody if anybody out there is listening to this. <laughs> offend away. We need to be offended. Um, my heart isn't, um, it's not to um, toot my own horn. And it's not to elevate one thing or, or somebody or one organization over another. But why is discipleship so lacking in the church? Churches are really good at programs. We base a lot of what we do off of programs that are very well organized. They're so well organized that even as they're happening, we're reorganizing and perfecting and making better because the better that program is, the more successful we're going to be as a church, or at least that program will be successful. So programs have, have come to, or ministries, if somebody else wants to use the word ministry, sure, okay, let's use the word ministry. There's a ministry, let's call it a men's ministry or a children's ministry, and we just perfect that program until we're like, man, this is really humming. This is awesome. And people are like, man, the program at that church for children's ministry is just off the charts. It's awesome. Or let's take worship. The worship band or the worship ministry at that church, the sound, the lights, the, the volume, the, the equipment is just off the charts. And the worship program at that church is awesome. Discipleship is anything but a program. There is no way that a discipleship can be a program. Because as we see how Jesus discipled his 12 and even 70, it was him walking with them, going with him. In Mark, it says that he appointed these 12 to be with him and to send them out. He would teach them how to do this, and then he would send them out. He would teach them how to do this, and then he would send them out. And to me, that is the essence of discipleship, is living with somebody in community, in relationship. And if I were to, if I were to take this to a, a, a more personal level that we could all relate to, or at least the vast majority of us can, because I understand some people didn't grow up in a home. But when I, I grew up in a home, I had a mom and a dad, and I had seven sisters and a brother. We didn't have programs. We had life. And through life, I was taught how to brush my teeth, how to take out the trash, how to clean up the yard. There, it wasn't a pro, there wasn't a trash program. I wasn't like part of the children's ministry in my home. And I didn't graduate to become part of the youth ministry in my home either. I was a family. We were a family. And I was part of this family. And my dad, my dad taught me how to work. My mom taught me academics. So when we try to put a program in the church called discipleship, at the inception of it, it's doomed. We can't meet the discipleship through a program the discipleship that we see in, in, in the Bible, in the Word of God, in the life of Jesus. We can't see that in the Word of God. So therefore, why would we try to program it for it to be successful in our environment? It just doesn't work. So the question again is, why is discipleship so lacking in the church? I believe, this is my opinion, what I've observed is because we've tried to make it a program. And it's not a program. Good. That's really good. good. There is a severe lack uh, of discipling in churches. And like you said, that one of the struggles is, is that we can't just disciple within the four walls of the building. 
And that's one of the problems that we run into is because that that tends to be the model that we understand that anything that the church does has to be done inside that building first or inside that community first instead of uh, instead of getting outside, starting outside the walls of the church. And I believe that's one of the big problems, like you're saying, is is that it's become becomes a, a a program. It's like we were talking earlier before we started recording that one of the struggles that the church has is is their understanding of disciples discipleship is let's gather in such and such room and then the same person who was at the pulpit earlier goes in there and just teaches them some more uh, about what it means to be a disciple and this and and head knowledge is fine but it's it's ineffective to at a certain level and you know it, it's like any kind of training it's fine to have a certain amount of head knowledge but until you're out there with the person who knows what they're doing with the fly fishing or whatever other example you want to use, until you're out there doing that, you know, one of the things that I do is I work in the wood shop a lot and my son helps me and he does different things in there. He didn't learn to do what he's doing because I told him. He learned because he watched me and I told him. So there's, there's, there's a, there is, it's, you know, to, to truly teach, you need to be able to give the visual as well as the, the verbal in that process. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm going to I'm going to um, use some of our um, um, exercises or some of our life lived together as an example right now in this. And I, I love going on prayer walks and, and I call them intentional prayer walks, meaning that I'm going to pray for this neighborhood. But if I find somebody in that neighborhood, then I'm going to ask them, hey, can I pray for you and just open up a dialogue? Honestly, most people just say, no, I'm good, thanks, and, and move on. But then there's those who will stop and say, like, oh, wow, yeah, that's awesome. Pray for this or pray for that. And 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 uh, Matt and Nancy the other day and I, we went on a prayer walk here in Albany. And as we went, we come across a lady, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this first. I'm going to show you guys, you know, what I do. And then at that time, we talked with this lady who was sitting there on the, on the, on the sidewalk, and we, I shared with her. And then all three of us or all four of us started talking. And then as we walked away from that encounter with this lady, I said, okay, now you guys encounter the next person. And in, in between that, we, you know, there was some, there was some criticism, but like, not like the negative criticism, but the, right. the, the helping. Correction. It's kind of like if some, the correction, like if somebody's fly fishing in the, in the incorrect way, no, you, you'll never catch a fish like that. Hang on. You know, let's, let's, let's change it up a little bit. Let's, let's go more back towards something that really works. So, again, using that, that, that story, that real story is how do we make disciples? How do we disciple others? Is we model it, we show them, and then we invite them to also do it. Um, in the organization that I belong to, we use the word uh, or the acronym MAL. Um, model, assist, watch, and launch. First, we model it for them. Now, I'm going to assist you. Okay, now I'm going to watch you. Now go for it. You're, you're good. It's kind of like riding your, uh, uh, sorry, teaching your, your, your child to ride a bike. At first, you're actually holding the bike. Mm -hmm. And you're walking alongside them. Because you know if you let that bike go, they're going to fall. And then they start learning how to do it. Then you're just holding the back of the seat. That's what I did. You know, just hold the back of the seat. And just kind of help them a little bit. I'm not holding the, 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 the handlebars anymore. Because... They, they know how to do the handlebar. I mean, as jerky as it is, they got it. And then you let it go. 
and they're herky-jerky all over the place, and they fall, and they get back up. But now I'm just watching them. And yeah, they fumble and stumble. They'll get it. Right. Uh, we've been talking to Moy Soriano about discipleship. It's been a really awesome uh, discussion. We're going to get come back to it in just a second. We're going to break away to talk about our sponsor, uh, and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Matt Davenport. I have a friend here in Albany, Oregon, who is just an amazing man of God. He and his wife own and operate the Willamette Valley Christian Supply Store in our own Heritage Mall. It is also a Gold Crown Hallmark store. Their website is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Again, that is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Such an awesome thing to have in our own neighborhood. His name is Kevin Ferguson, and he might be one of the most personable people I have ever met. It is really an honor to know these people. My wife and I shop there on a regular basis. The store sells a huge variety of Bibles and many different translations, dozens and dozens of Christian and family-based books from authors like Francis Chan, Sarah Young, Gary Chapman, Dave Ramsey, Priscilla Scherer, and hundreds more, even a few of my own. And they have all the beautiful things you'd expect from a Gold Crown Hallmark store. Cards for every occasion, gifts for everyone in your family, coffee mugs like you wouldn't believe, journals and devotionals, Christian DVDs, tons of music, church supplies, and more. And Kevin is always happy to order something special on the off chance it's not in stock. Remember their website, christiansupplyandoutlet.com. From there, you can link to their Jumag catalog and see the latest sales and get a better idea of just how much this amazing little store can offer you. If you forget their web address, just Google Christian Book Albany, Oregon, and they will be the first site to come up. And we're back. And as I said, we, we've been discussing discipleship, the absolute need for discipleship that has really been a lack in in the church uh, as a whole, especially in the United States. Good. So if you were to come up to somebody and say, I'm, I'm going to maul you, it's not necessarily <laughs> what you... That could sound really bad. Right? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say it's, it's an interesting acronym. <laughs> right. Spell well, maybe it, a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, the, the, the things that God is, is leading us into. Nancy and I are thrilled and excited but as veteran Christians, for lack of a better description, we can look back. Both of us have had this discussion many times. Nothing like this have we encountered. Not that, not, not that it wasn't going on, but nothing like this is, have we encountered. All the churches that we've lived in, there's never been a true discipleship program. The funny thing is, and you mentioned corrections. Jesus did that plenty of times with his disciples. We can't get hung up on doing something wrong we we you know especially here in the united states we are offended over nothing it doesn't take anything for us to get offended and that that mentality is very prevalent in the church as much as it is in the world so it yeah correction is good i don't have a problem with that and i love it when somebody gives me something that actually will make me think it's important that we realize that part of what we're being called to do is more than just people's lives are at stake. Mm -hmm. And and that's the struggle that, that bothers me the most is, and we had talked about this and I love the church. I love the church. Absolutely. I, I, I love it's, it's, it's my God's church. So right, I love it. Right. 
But here's a reality that's going on in the church. We've lost the purpose of what we're here for. The church has a purpose, and it's not buildings, lights, paychecks, and all that kind of stuff. And it's a struggle to watch when you start to realize that the church has lost. It's not doing what what we're called to do. I want to go back to something you just said a second ago. That is that um, when we do it wrong, it's hard to correct people, right? And I just want to, I want to, I want to insert this as something that's very important that we miss sometimes. Cultures are important. Cultures set a tone for a gathering, for an environment, for a family. We live in Western culture, and the Western culture is pinned between right and wrong or innocent and guilty some of the ways that it's that it's um um labeled so either you're right or you're wrong and we all know that we hate to be wrong because our culture is such a right and wrong culture everybody hates to be wrong it's embedded in us it's part of our dna so when we do something and we're corrected basically what we're here is you're wrong you're wrong and that's that's just a cultural thing. And unfortunately, the, the, the culture of this nation has crept into the church and nobody wants to be wrong. Part of discipleship is saying, yeah, that wasn't quite right. Here, let, let's get this right. Are you saying I'm wrong? Yeah. But to human is error. It's like, we, you didn't really think that you were perfect, did you? <laughs> did we start off at that point? <laughs> Because I sure don't start there, and I'm sure everybody listening and, and us here in this room, we know that we're not perfect. So when we're corrected, it's like, thank you. Well, you know, I, I immediately go to the incident where Peter says to Jesus, no, you're not going to die. And Jesus's response is not, no, that's incorrect. His like, get behind me, Satan. But, you know, to to get bent out of shape because somebody corrects you, because we do, it doesn't take much for us to get pretty upset that, you know, to get bent out of shape over a simple, hey, you know, this is a better way to do it or you should do it this way or that's not effective or whatever. Just simple conversation and correction to. But we do. We get bent out of shape over simple things. But if you're just if the person discipling you says, get behind me, Satan. OK, maybe maybe there's room for complaint at that point. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me insert something here that's really important, and that is relationship. Discipleship can't be a program again. And I gave the analogy of a home, right? Because I'm I'm in direct relationship with my mother and my father and my older sibling. So when they tell me don't do it this way, do it that way, I'm not afraid of losing that relationship. I'm not thinking, oh no, I'm going to be excommunicated from our home. I'm not thinking that at all. I'm not in fear of losing my brother or my sister when I'm in a discipleship relation. But some people feel that. So in order to not lose their brother or their sister, they won't correct them. They won't disciple them. They won't walk alongside them to the degree that they disciple them. Because they might have to tell them that's wrong. You know, it's funny because relationship has become a very key part of what Nancy and I are doing in our ministry. You know, it's become highlighted over and over and over and over again. And I think the Holy Spirit has finally got it through to me that everything in the kingdom is relationship. Amen. Everything is relationship. Yeah. Now think about it. When God created Adam, think about this. Yeah. When God created Adam, what does the Bible teach us that God did? He didn't just say, okay, here you go. 
and then walk away. No, he actually had ongoing conversations and walked in the garden with Adam. Relationship was key literally from the beginning. You know, and then when when Christ comes on the scene, you know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have to stop there and realize that that scripture isn't just about your salvation. That scripture teaches us that somebody cared enough to die. Somebody cared enough to give their son. Why would they do that and not want connection with you? We are we are founded. Christianity is founded in relationship. And it's under relationship, like you were just saying, it's under relationship where when we disciple somebody or being discipled, that correction should not be taken out of context. It should be realized that there's there's relationship there. Otherwise, they wouldn't care. You know, I, I don't want a relationship with somebody. I don't want a uh, discipleship uh, process with somebody that I don't have relationship with because there's a need for me to understand I will be corrected. But I don't have to worry, like you said, I don't have to worry about losing that connection with that person because I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And let me let me introduce another word that, that would be um, an antithesis to what we're talking about, and that is transactional. So if it's just transactional, what happens often on Sundays, and I'm just going to be honest with this, you walk in, there's a transaction between the pastor or the teacher and you. They give their oration. You receive it, you walk away, do with it what you want. The relational part displaces transaction. And if we are still in a transactional mode, all I have to do is complete the transaction, like at a grocery store at the counter Mm -hmm. or at the register. And once I'm done, I'm done. I don't even have to know that person's name after that. Maybe I read it, maybe she said it or he said it, and I'm on, I'm done. It was just transactional. But it's not in in discipleship, it's relational. And when the relational becomes more important than the transactional, then you have true discipleship. Right. That's good. I like that. I like that. So relational as opposed to transactional. And yeah, when you said transactional, that's the first thing I thought of was, I'm paying you to get something from you. I can see that and have experienced it now that you mentioned that, you know, I'm thinking back in my memory many times when that's all it was. I came in, I sat down, I paid my tithes, uh, and I'm not I'm not opposed to people paying their tithes. I'm just saying that 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 our tithes are not supposed to be in payment for services due. Exactly right. And in in within relationship, that's not something we do. That's good. That's really good. Oh, yeah. That that relationship as opposed to transaction transactional. Mm-hmm. Is there a simple way to disciple a person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. So um, you use the word simple in the question. So I'll stick with that word mm-hmm. as, as, I, as I try to explain this. But like, is it simple? In its concept, it's, easy, it's an easy concept to grasp. Matter of fact, if I talk about the fly fishing or, the, or riding a bike in a secular sense, it's like, yeah, I think we could all relate to that. The difficulty of it is, are, are we... I'm, I'm going to use us three right here. Are we, am I, and are you guys willing to be obedient? Because discipleship is rooted in obedience. So is it simple to say, hey, Matt and Nancy, will you guys go on a prayer walk with me? Yeah. Is it easy for you guys to do it? 
I mean, sure. I mean, I, I'm sure there's nerves and there's like, I've never done this before. What is it going to be like? So that could be like difficult, but it's simple in the sense that even a child could understand this. That what we're doing, what discipleship is, is let let's let, let me let me use this this picture really quick and see if you guys could could follow along with me. <clears throat> Mama duck and ten baby ducks. I've seen them on the roads. I've seen them different places and. Mama duck's walking and baby ducks are right behind it. Sometimes right in a line, sometimes eh, not so much in a line, but they're behind the mom following. That last baby duck is following the baby duck in front of it. They're all following mama duck. But discipleship is as simple as looking at the person in front of you, or let me say it this way, looking at the person behind you and saying, I'm just following Jesus. So if you follow me, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So if you follow me, Basically, we're both following Jesus. I hope I'm a good example to you. I'll show you everything that I know, a lot or a little. I want to say that again. Whether it's a lot or a little, I'm going to show the person behind me, the person that just came to Christ yesterday and I came last weekend. I'm going to show that person what I've learned. And the heart is simple. Just follow me as I follow Christ. So the simplicity is, am I? willing to obey Jesus. Because if I'm willing to obey Jesus and all that I do know, I'll teach the person that just I just led to Christ yesterday to what I'm to obeying. I love the verse that you, that you read. It's one of the key verses for discipleship. And it's actually the only place that I know of in scripture that shows us how to, that Jesus says how to disciple. Teach them to observe or obey all things I have commanded you. That's the simplicity of discipleship. Teaching yeah, them to great. obey all things I have commanded you. So go back and look at all the commandments of Jesus. And I'll teach somebody to do that by your example and you walking alongside them in relationship, in relationship, not transactional, from a proximity, not a distance. And that's the simplicity of making or being a disciple or discipling others. Good. I like that. In proximity, not yeah. from a distance. Yeah, no, that's really good. When we disciple somebody... What we do is this. I'm going to show you what I just learned. And I'm going to invite you to do it with me. So if I lead somebody to Christ and I go down to the river here, the Willamette, and I baptize them or the Scalapus Creek and I baptize them, I'm going to teach them to lead others to Christ even as I'm sharing the gospel with them. Even as I'm sharing the gospel with them, within the presentation of the gospel, I always invite them to also go and invite others into this. Because it's at the inception of following, of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ that you intuitively and at the outset know, I am also going to lead others. That's the, that's the, the, the um, how do I say this in an honoring way? That's the beef I have sometimes with gospel presentations that really don't represent scripture. Because often we say, well, you don't want to go to, in, in so many words, I mean, hell is it made for us? It's made for the devil and his angels. You don't want to go there. It's not a place for you. In order to not go there, you need to accept Jesus. And if you accept Jesus by saying this prayer and by doing what, what, what um, our church does, whatever that is, then you get to be a follower of Jesus Christ and you don't have to go to hell. You get to go to heaven. So it's a sales pitch. 
where Jesus says, oh, you want to follow me? Oh, okay. Well, how about you deny yourself? <laughs> Pick up your cross. Okay, now follow me. That's really a presentation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's good. Is I'm asking you to die twice. <laughs> deny yourself, deny myself. Yeah, just like Peter denied Jesus three times. Deny yourself. Like 1 Corinthians 5 tells us. Even if we knew him that way, we don't know him anymore that way, mm -hmm. according to the flesh. Deny yourself. I don't know Moy Soriano from the past. He's dead. He's gone. You've been listening to Roaring Hearts Podcast with myself, Matt Davenport, and my co-host, Nancy, my lovely wife. It's been our privilege to have Moy Soriano as our guest. Moy is a speaker, minister, and discipler, specifically one of our own mentors. He has much to give us. And we don't want to cut away from this. So this podcast will be presented in two parts. Look for the second half being released on your favorite podcast provider next Sunday night at 7 p.m. You have been listening to the Roaring Hearts podcast with Matt and Nancy Davenport. This weekly podcast is meant to bring a variety of issues and topics that Christians may be dealing with on a daily basis. If you would like more information or desire to connect with us, you can find us at rhrministries.com. Thank you, and God bless you.